Hello, this is Monica Reinagel, and you're listening to episode number 408 of the Nutrition Diva podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Today, we're talking about the advantages of pressure cookers and why you might want to add one to your arsenal of healthy eating tools. And I've also got a bunch of listener questions and answers later on in the podcast, so be sure to stick around for those. Pressure cookers are having a big resurgence these days. They are the hottest new cooking device, although they're actually not that new at all. Many of us remember the somewhat scary pressure cookers our moms or grandmothers had clanging and hissing on the stovetop and always in danger of exploding and spraying the contents all over the ceiling. But today's pressure cooker is an entirely different animal. I have four reasons you might want to consider investing in a pressure cooker, if you don't already have one, that is. They would also make great holiday gifts for someone who enjoys food and cooking. And if you already have a pressure cooker, I also have a few tips on how to get the best results when cooking with it. Reason number one to consider buying a pressure cooker is that today's electronic pressure cookers are so much safer and easier to use. They sit on your countertop instead of on your stove, and they plug into the wall. They have locking lids and safety features that virtually eliminate the danger of explosions or steam burns. And you can also program them to cook on a timer. Many models have settings that also allow you to use them as slow cookers, yogurt makers, and all kinds of other cool stuff. And you'll find them ranging from about $60 to up to $150, depending on the features. Reason number two is that pressure cookers slash cooking time. Cooking from scratch is a great way to save money and improve your nutrition. And because they cook foods in a fraction of the time that you'd otherwise need, pressure cookers can make it a lot easier for busy families to put a home-cooked dinner on the table at the end of a busy day. Pressure cookers work by creating a tight seal between the lid and the pot that doesn't allow air or moisture to escape, and this raises the pressure inside the pot, which dramatically speeds your cook times. A pot of soup or stew that you might need to simmer for two or three hours on the stove can be done in 40 minutes. A pot roast that might take eight hours in a slow cooker is done in 45 minutes. If you start a pot of steel-cut oats before you step into the shower, It'll be done before you can dry off. And you can steam vegetables or bake potatoes or sweet potatoes in less time than it would take to cook them in your microwave. The time savings are especially dramatic when you're working with dried beans. Instead of having to boil them for a couple of hours to soften them, you can cook dried beans in about 20 minutes, assuming that you've soaked them first. If you forgot to soak them, they'll still only take about 40 minutes. So if, like me, you never remember to soak your beans the day before you want to cook with them, you could come home from work, pull a pound of dried beans out of the cabinet, and be sitting down to black bean soup less than an hour later. The decrease in cooking time alone gives pressure cookers an edge in terms of healthy eating, but there are other advantages as well. The third reason you might want to consider a pressure cooker is that pressure cooking preserves more nutrients. Many people worry that the increased pressure and cooking temperatures might be hard on the nutrients in food, but in fact, exactly the opposite is the case. When it comes to heat-sensitive nutrients like vitamin C and various B vitamins, pressure cooking can actually preserve significantly more nutrition than boiling or even steaming due to the drastically reduced cooking times. 
Now to maximize your nutrient content when you're pressure cooking vegetables, you want to use as little water as possible or choose recipes where the cooking liquid is consumed as part of the final dish. And a fourth reason to consider a pressure cooker is that it makes minerals more bioavailable. Pressure cooking does a better job breaking down and deactivating the phytic acid in beans and whole grains. As I've talked about in previous podcasts, phytic acid is a naturally occurring compound in these foods, which binds tightly to minerals and makes them less absorbable. While any cooking method reduces phytic acid, pressure cooking beans and grains removes more than other cooking methods. So you might get even more mineral nutrition from your legumes by using a pressure cooker. And pressure cooking also improves the digestibility of plant protein. So if you do decide to get a pressure cooker or you already have one, here are a few tips to ensure your success. Although it is possible to modify recipes to work in a pressure cooker, I strongly suggest that you use recipes that have been developed and tested specifically for pressure cooking and follow those instructions to the letter, at least until you are more familiar with the techniques. But don't limit yourself to the recipes that come in that little booklet that came with your unit. Because pressure cooking is so hot these days, the internet is full to bursting with pressure cooking recipes and websites and cookbooks with tons of creative and flavorful options. Several members of my 30-day nutrition upgrade group have recently gotten new pressure cookers, and they are posting photographs and amazing looking recipes on a near daily basis. If you're a new or an experienced pressure cooker, feel free to share your tips, recipes, and or your questions on the Nutrition Diva Facebook page. Kay wrote this week with a question about lactose in whey protein. I'm interested in adding whey powder to my diet to boost my protein intake, but I'm not sure if it will cause digestive issues, she writes. I'm mildly lactose intolerant, and I can eat yogurt and kefir without a problem, but sometimes drinking milk gives me trouble. What do you think? Well, Kay, regular whey protein powder does contain some lactose, but if you can tolerate the amount of lactose in a serving of yogurt or kefir, the amount that you'd get from a scoop of whey protein may not be a problem for you. Many people with mild lactose issues find that they tolerate whey protein just fine. But if you wanted to err on the side of caution, you could spend just a little bit more and buy a whey protein isolate. These more concentrated powders are virtually lactose-free, and they're also even a bit higher in protein than regular whey protein powder. Thanks so much for your question. I answered some other listener questions this week on my blog at nutritionovereasy.com, including whether coffee is bad or good for people who have polycystic ovarian syndrome. There's some contradictory advice about this floating around out there. I also have some tips on how to cook pumpkins and other decorative gourds. If you're interested in either of those topics, you'll find those discussions at nutritionovereasy.com. And you'll find a transcript of this podcast, along with links to the research that I reviewed, as well as the entire Nutrition Diva archives at quickanddirtytips.com. And if you're on Facebook or Twitter this week, please say hi. I'm at Nutrition Diva on both platforms, and I'd love to hear from you. And now have a great week, and remember to eat something good for me. 